Good morning. I want to welcome you to Memorial United Methodist. My name is Joe Cade. I'm the minister here. So grateful that y'all are here. I um, hated to miss last week, uh, but we had a great confirmation weekend, great kids, great weather, got to see snow, and I heard uh, Reverend Dennis Lee did a tremendous job preaching for you, and I'm grateful that he did that. Before we begin, we've got a couple of announcements. Um, we're going to have a gathering of people who are interested in learning more about joining our church on the Sundays in April, except for Easter. I figure everybody on Easter Sunday has uh, all kinds of crazy plans going in different directions, and so um, we won't do it that day. But at 10 o'clock, um, each Sunday in April, but for Easter, you'll meet with us. You'll learn more about what the United Methodist Church believes, what Memorial believes. You'll meet other people who are interested in joining the church. And you can ask me questions, ask anyone questions, um, and participate in um, potentially uh, joining our church. Uh, so I encourage you to come every Sunday that you can at 10 o'clock. Um, if you uh, have only come to this service and you're not sure where anything is on campus, um, just be on the outside. This is the main parking lot out here. Be on the outside of this building at just before 10 every Sunday in April. And um, we'll be glad to have you and learn more about our church. Do you all hear that bass thing or is that me? Oh, I just, I've got the thing going myself. I've got that going. Fantastic. Um, next week is Confirmation Sunday. Speaking of people joining our church, this is um, 10 students who are in middle school who have gone through this spring learning all about exactly what I just said, about membership, about the significance of our church, um, United Methodism, the Bible, uh, Christianity, everything that has to do with being a faithful member. And they'll participate in both services next week. At 9 o'clock, they'll be introduced and they'll talk about their interviews. They called a minister in our congregation, a lifelong member of our congregation, a new member of our congregation, and a staff member and ask them um, questions pertinent to uh, what's going on with that person so that they can better understand the church. For so many years, you can come and just sit in the same place and do the same thing and not know the experience of those around you. And so they've done a great job of doing that. And you still may hear from some of them uh, if you are one of those four categories. Uh, so in ne next week in the 11 o'clock service, they will be confirmed. Uh, so I encourage you to be here to support that effort. Um, April 2nd, the children's choir will be practicing both at 845 and with Don uh, after that service. So if your child is in the children's choir, please pay attention to the um, email and stuff from Aaron to make sure you're in the right spot at the right time. We send a weekly, uh, bi-weekly email, Tuesday and Thursday. Um, if, and it's got all kinds of helpful information about things that are going on in our church. If you've never received that and would like to, please leave your email in, our, um, in the register as it goes by. And if you've done that and you haven't received one, tell us. Either we've made a mistake or it's going to some form in your um, email that uh, is, is causing it not to go in your inbox. We want to make sure that it comes to you. So I believe that's it. So if you'll stand as you're able and join us with our first hymn, number 731.
Let us now affirm our faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day He rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence He shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. Our first scripture reading today is from the book of Exodus, chapter 17, verses 1 through 7. The whole Israelite community set out from the desert of Sin, traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there is no water for the people to drink. So they quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Moses replied, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty for water there, and they grumbled against Moses. They said, Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and livestock die of thirst? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, What am I to do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord answered Moses, Go out in front of the people. Take with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile, and go. I will stand there before you by the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock, and water will come out of it for the people to drink. So Moses did this in sight of the elders of Israel. And he called the place Massa and Meribah, because the Israelites quarreled, and because they tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
Let us pray. Lord, we read today of your creation, of the amazing heights and depths, not only of the creation that we've been fortunate enough to see, but the heights and depths of emotion, of faith, of purpose in the humans that you've called to serve. As we read our psalm today and we hear about people gathering for worship, help us, Lord, to put ourselves in their place so that we can understand the call of the psalmist, the purpose that he has for them, the hope that he has for them, and the opportunity that lays before them. Inspire us, Lord, this morning with the prayer your Son taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. I'm going to call Daryl Richforth forward to speak to us um, before our offering. He is the head of our risk-taking mission and service committee. Um, of course, you've known that as missions, but in trying to brand it within our five practices, uh, we want to talk about mission and service and the fact that it's going to take a little risk. And every third Sunday prior to the offering in both of our worship services, you're going to hear from different members of this team. Good morning. I am Daryl Rishforth, and I'm happy to be part of the risk-taking and uh, service team, risk-taking mission and service team. Um, we've been looking forward to uh, this Minutes for Mission uh, for some time now, and we're finally making it a reality. Uh, the purpose of this is to better inform the congregation about things we have uh, uh, done in the past, things that we are anticipating in the future, and celebrations of, of accomplishments. Um, the uh, Redbird Mission trip is coming up uh, 1st of May, and uh, we ask for your prayers for the safety of our team, and also uh, that we will make a difference in the lives of the people that we're helping in uh, Kentucky. The second thing I wanted to talk about was the uh, Emmanuel's Hammer that we've part that we're partnering with. Emmanuel's Hammer is a local organization that that works on homes of, of needy people here in South Carolina, and they do a lot of work in the upstate. So uh, we've got some projects coming up with them. If you'd like to read more about Emmanuel's Hammer, it's ehammer.org. You can uh, read about their mission, uh, which is, their mission is share the love of Christ by rebuilding homes and lives. Uh, they do a super job, and uh, in February we had a uh, uh, fundraising breakfast for Emmanuel's Hammer. Uh, there were some many generous donors, and our church has pledged uh, $1,500 for this year 
Now, this $1,500 is not in our budget this year, so if anybody uh, feels so moved, they can make a special donation to Emmanuel's Hammer. Um, I guess that's all I had for today. Thank you. So you'll hear from Terry Arthur and Reese Hannon and Frida Stokes and Patrick Dollar, who've all been here varying amounts of time and are varying ages, uh, varying experiences, all on that team. And I want to tell you something significant. This is what I wanted to say last week. This is what I missed. Did y'all notice last week when you looked at the financial report that our giving was $1,000 ahead of our needed budget for the year? You know what that means? In 15, in the fall of 15, I said to this group around the stewardship time, we are $80,000 behind our budget. And I need you not only to help us make up that difference, because we're in motion now, we're doing something important, but I need you to pledge for next year like it matters, because we're going to be doing big things. You did both of those things in 2015. In 2016, we lived week to week. We essentially lived paycheck to paycheck as an entity. And we missed one week from uh, ice and snow. We never really caught it. But our staff remained tight on the budget, and with our budget staying low throughout the year, we stayed okay. This year, we missed a year because of ice and snow. And we've outpaced it already. Now, does that mean that our staff is going to go insane and spend money? No. No, our staff uh, collectively wants to be as conservative as possible to make sure that we are good stewards of what you give us. What it does mean is that we'll have more to give to missions. That's why I want to emphasize it. It's why we're here. To worship with one another, to encourage one another, to pray for one another, and to give to this community. Whether it's us as individuals, whether it's our collective family, whether it's a group within our family, we want to show generosity to this community with our prayers, with our giving, with our actions. So you'll see throughout the rest of my time here, finding very local, very simple things to do and very distant, somewhat complicated things to do. You've heard enough about me, you know where I'm going to be on that spectrum. The simplest thing possible in terms of mission. But I want you to know that it matters and that I'm grateful for your generosity and that we take it very seriously. It's now time for our tithes and other offerings. And if you would like to give online or text to give, you'll see instructions on how to do that in the bulletin.
Please be seated. We're in the season of Lent, a time of preparation of our um, faith, of our relationship, of our actions, of our words, in time for Easter Sunday. And throughout this season, as we're looking at examples of people drawing closer to God and people pulling away from God, we're reading Psalms. Psalms of great joy, Psalms of great anger, Psalms of great sadness, Psalms of indifference. Do you care? And in each of those psalms, we're trying to represent a thing that can either impede us or draw us closer to our God in this season of Lent. So today we're looking at Psalm 95, and it's on page 933 in your Bible, or within a couple of pages of that if you have a different one. O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and the dry land which his hands have formed. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Oh, that today you would listen to his voice. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So the first thing is a call to worship. It's a time in which uh, in any worship service I've been in, whether it be in the gym at 9 o'clock or in here at 11 o'clock or in the Florence Civic Center for annual conference or on the side of the mountain at Lake Junaluska, it's a time in which we were all individually thinking something else because we have our own thoughts in our head of what's going on in our life. But now we're calling one another to be of one mind and one body in this service so that we can understand what God might have to say to us this day. So imagine a dynamic, energetic, engaging leader projecting to the back of the congregation that day who is either gathering them for worship in that moment or gathering them to depart for Jerusalem for a pilgrimage. Or people have used this text after that event as they were worshiping or um, departing uh, to go to Jerusalem for a pilgrimage. He says, I want you to enter. I want you to sing. I want you to express joy. I want you to recognize the security of our rock. And any one of you can understand the impediments to doing that sort of thing. I don't know this song. I don't like this song. I don't want to sing in public. I don't want to sing beside that person. My throat hurts today. I'm kind of grumpy. I'm kind of distracted. I kind of got some things going on, and I'd really rather think about those, but someone got me to be here today. Any one of those reasons, or a thousand more, the little one beside me has a pencil and is doing something crazy with it. Whatever it may be, drawing together to praise, to sing, to recognize, is a tough thing to get a group to do. But that's the aim of this psalmist. And if I asked you as you read that, is this person happy? Is this person sad? Is this person angry? Is this person indifferent? Well, typically there might be one of those themes throughout an entire psalm, but this one's a little different. He starts off, I would say, of those four categories, happy, recognizing the tremendous things that God has done in creation. 
But imagine the people um, in that congregation who are gathering wherever they may be, asking the question that all humans ask. Why? When's the last time you asked why? Was it this morning? Was it on the phone? Was it in an email? Was it to a student? Was it to a teacher? Was it to a loved one? Was it to a child? Was a child asked you? We ask why all the time. And the answer to that why in this particular psalm for the psalmist is to say he created the very heights and the very depths. Think about the tallest mountain you've seen. The most beautiful mountain you've seen. Um, there might be different answers to me. I love to see the mountains on the whole drive from 29 to Greenville. But the tallest mountains I've ever seen are in Colorado. Think about the lowest valley you've ever seen. I've been to the lowest elevation on earth, the Dead Sea. So I've seen a couple hills, and I've seen a couple valleys in 39 years. But he, the psalmist is saying, the one who created not only the handful that you've seen, but all of them is calling us. We've seen a couple bodies of water. What's your favorite one? Is it a lake? Is it an ocean? Is it a pond? Is it a creek? Whatever it may be, how many, however many experiences you've had in a body of water, he's saying the one who created not only the ones you've seen in love, but all of them is calling us to draw together, sea or dry land. He says, so I want you to kneel. I want you to bow down. I want you to recognize the call of the shepherd. So that's what's significant to, significant to me about being here at Memorial. I served two churches in what's called a student appointment in Seneca, my first four years, from age 22 to 26. And if you think I'm mildly clueless now, you should have seen me from 22 to 26. I said, which way, wait, which way the offering go? Do we hand it this way? Do I hand it that way? Do I go to the left or do I go to the right? Whatever it may be. Beautiful churches. Tiny churches. And they had a kneeling rail. And people came and kneeled at the kneeling rail to get communion. And I'd never seen that before because I'd only had one essential church experience in my life and we didn't do that. But those people did that. And I thought it was interesting, and I did not see it again until here. So from 2004 to 15, I didn't see people kneel for communion, the majority of which do uh, have intention, like the 9 o'clock service. They might have an opportunity for you to kneel before or after, but not the entire time. Now, ask me how many times I've done it since I've been here in the summer of 15. Zero. Because I'm always the one serving. In fact, I should switch that one day. Um, Elaine, if you help me remember that. The significance of kneeling for that length of time, longer than you normally would, that posture gives you a sense, gives you a purpose for what you're doing. And that's what the psalmist is calling the people to do. I want you to kneel before your maker. But there's the slightest little line in what I read that is one of the main fundamentals of our belief system, our structure. And it's so critical. He says, Oh, that today you would listen to his voice. You know what that means? That means he's encouraging them. You know what it means that he's encouraging them? 
It means they have a choice. You know what that means? They could say no. Nah. For whatever reason. We believe that God granted us free will. And so in that free will, we can say, nah, I don't want to do that. I recognize that you created the valleys and the mountains, more than likely. I recognize that you created these bodies of water, but uh, I, don't, I don't know about kneeling. It's weird. I don't want to do it. Well, I don't feel like doing it. In fact, I'm upset with you today. I don't want to do it. That line in that psalm captures one of the great joys and one of the great horrors of the human uh, uh, relationship with God, which is free will. And someone says, how could God allow a person to do what they did? Well, generally, that's some sort of horrifically magnified version of that person had a choice. No different than you had a choice of whether to get up and come to worship or not. Free will is a beautiful thing. Because you want to make your own choices. You want those, your loved ones to make their own choices. You want people in your workplace to make their own choices within, you know, certain boundaries that we've all created and discussed. But it also can be a point where somebody says, I don't want to do it. I'm tired of it. I don't believe in it. And the leader is imploring the group to turn and to listen. But he can't make them. He started with encouraging them in what I read before. Now, in what I'm going to read in verse 8, he's warning them. And when he says Meribah and Massa, it's what Sarah Catherine read. And by the way, as a 10th grader, I would not get up in the church and read those words. I'd be frightened to read those words in public. But it's referencing a story in Egypt when the people were freed from slavery, now in the desert. And what, and what did they want? What you typically want in the desert. They want water. And they get grumpy. Verse 8. He's saying this to people worshiping about people in the past. Do not harden your hearts as at Meribah, as on the day at Massa in the wilderness, when your ancestors tested me and put me to the proof, though they had seen my work. For 40 years I loathed that generation and said, They are a people whose hearts go astray, and they do not regard my ways. Therefore in anger I swore they shall never enter my rest. So we went from kind of a, kind of a smiley there to pretty angry. And a very real warning of the people of what to do with their freedom. And, and why does that matter? Because being free is difficult. It's hard to make the right choices when you've been given many of them. People were freed from bondage, freed from slavery, freed from death, freed from hopelessness, freed to the desert, and in the desert they got thirsty. And when water wasn't immediately available, they wondered out loud if Moses was an idiot for bringing them out there to die. In fact, they said multiple instances, you know what, slavery wasn't so bad. Egypt wasn't so bad. Our situation there wasn't so bad. Because they had this one conflict. And in that conflict, they reached out to Moses and they said, you're an idiot and you, God, don't care that we're out here with him. 
Now, I'm one of those people that's been charged with serving people. And so I can see, uh, like Moses, does he go, um, uh, you called me this, you've given me skills and talents. Pardon me. Um, actually, we've had many great things. Wonderful freedom. We've been, we're on our way to the promised land. Mm -mm. What does Moses do? Look at the people you gave me. Look at these people. They don't want to be led. They don't want to do anything. I don't want to do it. Right? Very much like a four-year-old. And can we make fun of it? Absolutely not. Why? Because we've given in, we've buckled on less circumstances than that. Less pain than that. Less heartache. God granted them freedom, and in the midst of that freedom... They found serious pain and lashed out at God because they were given free will to make a choice of whether to tough it out or whether to turn on God. So let's talk about the, the, the thing that's capturing the majority of Americans at this time. The NCAA tournament. Who had Villanova? Anybody had Villanova in the championship? A couple of people, right? Some teams are playing close to home. Some teams are playing far away from home. Some teams are playing early in the day. Some teams are playing late in the day. Some teams are highly favored to win. Others have very long odds. Some come from schools that have 30,000 students. Some come from schools that have 1,200 students. Some we can name exactly where they are. Some we have no idea. We can't even name the state. But regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the pressure, regardless of the heights and the depths that they will feel not only during the week but in the midst of the game, there are three common elements that they all share that have something to do with their victory. Of course it has to do with talent. Of course it has to do with coaching. But it has to do with these three things as well. Can you listen? Isn't that, isn't that just so simple? So critical? but so difficult? Can you retain? And um, I had some confirmands at 10 o'clock that were in the 9 o'clock service ask me about this when I said, can you execute? <laughs> can you do the thing we talked about? I'm trying to say that in one word. Not like harm someone, but can you do the thing that we said we were going to do? So there's so many um, impediments to truly listening. Uh, fatigue has got to be top three. I'm too tired to listen to what you have to say. Um, repetitiveness would definitely be troubling. I've heard you say this before. I don't know if I can hear you say it again. Um, electronics are a severe impediment to what someone is saying. Uh, if you were talking to me and I said, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right. Wait, what? But you can't say that people today, because of electronics, have the shortest attention span of all time and it's getting infinitely worse. You know why? Because this scripture passage is before cell phones. People struggled way before cell phones to listen and to pay attention. Can you listen to what your God is saying through the text, through the prayer, through the hymn? Can you retain what God is saying through each of those things as we leave this space. See, this is kind of a quiet space. This is a kind of a comforting space, hopefully, to you. 
place of restoration and encouragement. But when we go out of here, how much of that, uh, if we had a pie chart, how much did you listen to and how much can you retain as you leave the building? And then finally, we can talk about it all we want. And you can remember it all you want. Can you do something about it? Can you do something that we said in the service after you leave here and actually interact with a person who's standing at the printer far too long? Who didn't take their wallet out at Walmart until everything was rung up and we're waiting now and I've got to be somewhere? who uh, was supposed to do that report and in the board meeting said that, I don't know, you know, we were supposed to talk about, you know, and kind of leans on you. Who was supposed to have this job done on the 5th and it's now the 9th. Can we outside of this easy, simple space remember the way in which God loved and provided for us and the way in which God called us to do something better than we've ever done before? Only if we do those three things. The psalmist celebrates first. Then points out an example of people who forgot how to celebrate. I encourage you in this season to think about what are the things that I get most upset about? What are the things that impede me the most? What are the ways that I can remove those things, even in percentage points, so that I can remember to celebrate and live it out in my actions and my words. If we're doing that with this psalm in this season, then we're using our free will to live out the will of God. So that the kingdom of God isn't a future thing once we die and we're in heaven. It's a present thing on this earth through our actions and our words. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you'll stand as you're able for number 452. My faith looks up to thee.
you're a visitor today, we're so grateful that you came. It takes a certain something to walk in a door that you'd never walked into, and we're grateful that you did. If you want to hang around and hear more about our church, I'll stay right there once the um, massive group of people has gone through. And if you would like to hear more about joining our church, we encourage you to come every Sunday but what Sunday? Easter, Easter Sunday. Every Sunday but Easter Sunday. At 10 o'clock, we can gather in that parking lot. Go in peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit go with you all. Amen.